0: and welcome to our emergency podcast this isn't first bite this isn't the pod cast it's the emergency podcast because guess what free agency is here it happened against all odds and just before we went live on monday night the lions kind of put a nice little cap on the day after what was turning out to be a somewhat boring day for the Detroit Lions, but we're going to get into all of that in a second. Let me introduce myself really quick. My name's Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor at prideofdetroit.com. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter, and my phone's already going off. I'm being very irresponsible. Um, anyways, uh, with me, uh, as always, I'm just going to say as always now because you, your record is going up, your attendance is going up, is Ryan Matthews at Ryan Scorpio on Twitter. Ryan. How are we doing tonight?
1: I'm excited. The lions signed a player. They signed two players. They did. And I'm much more excited about one more than the other. And I'm relying on you to get me excited about the former.
0: Okay. Well, which one do you want to, do you want to talk about the fun one first? Yeah.
1: Let's talk about the fun things first, and then we'll get into the things that aren't so exciting.
0: Okay. Well, literally about 20 minutes before we went live, uh, the lions, uh, will reportedly sign Jamie Collins from the Patriots, a three-year deal worth 30 million. I think I just read that 20 million of that was guaranteed. So it's a pretty hefty contract. The guy is going to start. The guy is going to play. Um, he is the guy that I predicted the Lions would, would select. So I'm obviously happy about this. Ryan, what makes you happy about the signing?
1: The thing that makes me happy about the signing is that Jamie Collins is a proven player within this system. Yeah. And, Beyond that, let's talk about the Lions' linebacker. Like, the, their linebackers are in such dire shape that mm-hmm. any improvement to that position is a benefit. And I think getting Jamie Collins, a guy who was playing at an elite level when he was in New England for the first time, then he got shipped off to Cleveland and everybody thought it was the Patriots' way. And it kinda was, wasn't it not? Like yeah. his time in Cleveland wasn't so wasn't so great. He comes back to New England and all of a sudden now he's got me excited to come to Detroit. And the reason why is because that connection that he has. And I think that you have an ability to take advantage of his ability to be a playmaker. He's a game changer on defense. I think that not only is his pass like his, his pass coverage is 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 a good asset, but I think that he's a really good, stout run defender, and I think that anything above, you know, anything above Chris Christian Jones is an improvement. But getting Jamie Collins is a, is a big get for the Detroit Lions.
0: I mean, there's so many reasons I like this signing and, and, and knew it was a good fit from the get go. Besides the obvious, you know, he's coming from the Patriots, he's played with Matt Patricia before. But you said playmaker. Just look at his 2019. Seven sacks, seven passes defended, three interceptions. What? I didn't even know linebackers could do that. Having (laughs) dealt with the ones that we've had for as long. Not in Detroit system.
1: Absolutely not. But outside of here, they do things.
0: Yeah. And and the thing that makes Jamie Collins so special is that he can do kind of everything. I mean, besides sack and get interceptions and coverage and good run defense and, and good, you know, uh, the thing is that he can play kind of any position there. I quickly just like scoured through one game against the Bills. I saw him at Jack linebacker. I saw him at, at uh, Will linebacker inside, outside, over the A-gap, on the outsides, covering tight ends. The guy literally does it all. And yes, you, you should be concerned about his time in, in Cleveland. Um, you You should be concerned about a player that only seems to do well in New England. Yes, all that is true. But at the same time, this is the kind of guy that the Lions absolutely needed. And you've heard me say it before. You've heard Matt Patricia say it before. This linebacking core is young. They work better when they have a veteran there that knows the system, that can teach them. I mean, how valuable will Jamie Collins now be to everyone everyone in that locker room right now? I mean... Jared yeah. Davis, you have for one more year. Christian Jones, you have for a couple more years. And then obviously Jelani Tavai, I think he's the one that benefits most from this move. Being right next to Jamie Collins, learning from him, you know, learning all the intricacies of the defense and and life in the NFL. Um, he's going to raise this linebacking core up quite a bit. And while while thirty thirty million is quite a bit for a guy that's 31. And you're, you know, you may not, he may not even see the third year of a contract. I think the Lions are going to get everything they can out of this guy, and and the signing just makes a little bit too much sense.
1: I mean, it makes a lot of sense. As as you just you brought up a lot of good points, his playmaking ability, his ability to be a mentor moving forward, his familiarity with the Detroit Lions defense. I think all of those things are well noted, but I just want to view this from a pure upgrade and talent standpoint. Jamie Collins is a better linebacker than any linebacker on the current Detroit lions roster prior to the signing.
0: Yeah. He, I mean, he's just no better.
1: Question. So, so that that's just an improvement. I think if you get a guy like that, who can immediately make your linebacking corpse, like reputable because they needed a guy to do that. Devon Kennard is a solid guy. Jared Davis, a solid player, unless you ask Bruce Arians and he tells you that he's the best linebacker he's ever seen. But but I, I truly think like Jamie Collins is such an upgrade that regardless of the cost, and I know that it seems like it's a long contract with guarantees, like, you know, three years, 30 million. That's a lot for a guy who's going to be turning north of 30 pretty soon. It's Already 100%. It, it, yeah, right. I mean, he's there. He's He's 30, right? Yep. Totally worth it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Totally worth it. And uh, without details being known, without knowing like what he can, like when he can be cut, and his cap hit isn't a big deal. Jamie Collins is one hundred percent worth the the admission.
0: I think the most interesting part of the signing is just what happens next now, because the lines are. I don't want to say they're oversaturated linebacker. That's not that's obviously not true, but no. they have a lot of guys who could potentially start. And who and when you're paying um Collins this much, the question becomes like, okay, who's he taking snaps from? And the answer might be a little bit of everybody because, like I said, he can play Jack, he can play inside. Um, he, he's mostly an inside guy though. So I think Devon Kennard is is still going to play a, a good amount of snaps. Oh yeah. Um the the question is, does he take out of Christian Jones snaps, which would make sense if you're just going by play? Um, does he make uh, Jared Davis expendable completely? I mean, Jared Davis is on the final year of his contract. Um, does this mean they're definitely not going to exercise his fifth year option? Um, does I mean uh, Devon Kennard is also entering the final year of his contract, so right. the One thing this does is shore up the linebacking core a little bit more long term, um, because those two guys were definitely potentially on their way out. But with Christian Jones on his extension, um, it, it it honestly, in terms of fit, it seems like he's more in the Christian Jones role, um, but it wouldn't make a lot of sense with how they just extended him. Um, I think he also cuts a little bit into Jelani Tavai's snaps, um, which I'm sure fans probably aren't too excited about, since you want to, you know, be growing your your young guys. But overall, um, I think I'm just interested in in how they're going to use them, because I think they're just going to use them all over. And and kind of, you know, we talk about the Lions' versatility and being able to shake things up, and that was always more talk than than results. And maybe it was because they didn't have the guys that they wanted. Maybe it was because of injuries. Maybe Matt Patricia just isn't the magician that that a lot of people thought he was. But Jamie Collins is one of those guys that allows them to do that, that allows them to to move around and and move. I mean, we didn't see Devon Kennard move from the Jack linebacker position ever. Mm -hmm. Same. I mean, and same with Jared Davis. Like we saw Jared Davis be able to be a a decent pass rusher, but they kind of had to stick him into one role because they don't have depth there. Now that they have Jamie Collins in there, maybe they set him a little bit more loose. Maybe we do see him be more of a pass rusher considering they got a guy like Jamie Collins who can drop into coverage more than anyone else on the roster.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. He has an ability to be a pass rusher. He has an ability to be a run defender, but he also has that ability to be some guy who can sit back in his own and, and, and play better than this linebacking corpse as a whole last season. Not great. I'm really glad that they addressed it because I didn't think that they were going to address it in the draft. The Lions have so many needs in the draft, and I did not think linebacker was going to be one of them. So adding Jamie Collins is a huge get. And I'm somebody who is not a fan so far of the Lions' approach to free agency just because they've missed out and they have not been reportedly rumored to be interested in a lot of players and a lot of positions that they should have been. But getting Jamie Collins is a huge get because I did not think that they're going to address linebacker at all whatsoever.
0: Yeah. And I mean, we talked about how much the Lions coaches and and staff have all talked up every single guy in that linebacker room. Yeah. So I'm with you. I was I was a little bit surprised that they went after it, even though I think we all agreed that it was something they needed to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. All right, well, let's move on to the other move of the day, um, one that maybe not everyone was quite as enthusiastic about. Um, I'm enthusiastic about saying his name for the first time on air because I've, I've been practicing it all day. I got a little tip from Michael Kist from Bleeding Green Nation to pronounce it like play that funky music, White Boy. It's Halapulivati. Nope, I've, I screwed it up already.
1: <laughs> halapuli...
0: <laughs> now you screw Vati up. Halapulivati. Vati vaitai. Halapuli vati vaitai. That's how you pronounce the chat. You're now, now you're not going to get that out of your head. Halapuliva Um, Anyways, they signed him to a five-year, $50 million deal. He was the swing tackle for the Eagles for the past four years. Um, didn't, was never a full-time starter, but did start in 20 games, a uh, former fifth-round pick. Um, I think most people looked at that signing right away. and it was like, five years, $50 million for a guy that was never a starter? What? Mm-hmm. And I understand that. And to a certain degree, you're right to be that skeptical of a guy like that. But I think the one thing that you need to consider is one: the two guys that he was backing at, backing up, Jason Peters, Lane Lane Johnson, two very very good tackles that no fifth year fifth round pick is going to unseat.
1: Yeah, hold on. L- let me say something. Not just very good tackles, but like Lane Johnson was besides Mitchell Schwartz regarded as maybe the best right tackle in all of football. Right. And Jason Peters is one of the guys who's just one of the best left tackles in football for the past, however many years.
0: Yeah. And so you look at Vi, uh, um body of work. He played left tackle. He mostly played right tackle. He even played a little interior guard at, at times. He's His path on the lines is very clear. He's going to be their starting right tackle, no question, with Rick Wagner gone. Um, and so you look at his, his performance at right tackle. He won a Super Bowl as a right tackle. He played right tackle in the last three or four games last season. He's been pretty well, and you look just at the PFF grades, and it says it spits out good run blocker, not so great pass protector. And so... When you think about the fit with the lines, that makes a lot of sense, right? They want to be a running team um, they they've had bad pass protectors on the right side before, and they have a good tight end core to help them out in those instances if they're if they're going on an obvious passing down the lines lines invested in tight ends whether whether it works out with them or not we'll see um, but but they have they have you know a contingency plan there if um, Vitae is that much of a liability in the passing game. but I wanted to go out and see for myself, and so I watched. Two of his games, I watched his playoff game against the Seahawks last year, um, the wild card game that they lost. And then I also watched him against the Cowboys. And the reason I watched both those games was because he was going up against very good pass rushers and I wanted to see what his weaknesses are. So he went against Jadavian Clowney for about, I would say about 20% of his snaps against the Seahawks. And then he went against Demarcus Lawrence for I'd say about 70% of the snaps. And while Demarcus Lawrence definitely got the better of him, I came away a little bit feeling a little bit better about his pass protection. I think um, he's strong. I think he's got quick feet. I know his agility scores are just kind of so-so. Um, but uh I think he has good positioning. And considering he learned for four years behind those that duo of tackles that are all pro-esque, um, I think you can see his smarts there on the field. The parts where he really struggles though is uh is with handwork. Um I saw him get beat a lot by guys. He's in the right position, but they did they either like chop his hands down uh or or you know do a rip move that they get by him. And so I think there needs to be um some work there and maybe just the experience is what he needs. Maybe being a full-time starter is what he needs. Um but Overall, I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic on this move than I think most people. Uh, our buddy Kentley Platt wrote a, uh, wrote a really nice article about his idea uh, of his fit in Detroit. And I think that's the biggest part is the fit. Yes, he's not going to be an el- elite pass protector, um, but he is going to be a mauler in the run game. And I think he's at least, I think he's about an average pass protector. And so the, the one thing I will say is all the reps that he had that weren't against DeMarcus Lawrence, and wasn't against um, uh, uh, Jadavian Clowney, he actually dominated. So as long as he's not lining up against uh, a premier pass rusher on, on the right side there, I think he's going to be okay. The problem is this division has some elite pass rushers on both sides of the offensive line, on, on the defensive line. So he will be challenged, and it might be a problem.
1: Oh, yeah. He's going to be tell challenged. You? Did I sell him? You semi-sold them because I'll tell you what, if I was gonna overpay for a run blocking offensive tackle, I was gonna overpay for Jack Conklin. And if Jack Conklin's gonna get paid $14 million a year, the difference between him and um I'm really bad at his name, but Vitae. Okay. So the only the only the only difference between those two guys is the fact that Jack Conklin has a little bit more of a you know, established body of work. He's a he's a more than average pass blocker. He's a really good ramp he's a really good run blocker. I think if if you were to tell me that they were gonna each sign these deals at their respective terms, I would tell you, you need to take Jack Conklin ten times out of ten. And the only the real reason I say that is because Vitae hasn't been anything more than a role player. He hasn't been anything more than just a guy who's filled in at certain times. Yes, he's he's going to be a right tackle. Let's, let's put anything to bed that he's going to play guard because he's not going to play guard in Detroit. Not five years at $50 million. He's going to be the right tackle without a doubt. I would be much more comfortable had Detroit just said we're going to trade back. We're going to draft a right tackle and we're going to throw... I, I really would have been no. no I really, Ryan, I, no. I, I, re- I, re- I really would have been much more comfortable. with Detroit taking a right tackle had they trade traded back to I don't know seven eight whatever you know within the top ten take a right tackle, have him out there at at that position, and Detroit not spend this money, and also not make this kind of investment. <sighs>
0: Well, here's the thing about this move. It, it, it does kind of bring up interesting philosophy on how to build an offensive line, right? Because obviously they let Graham Glasgow go, which we were going to talk about in a little bit, but, but we might as well just bring in the discussion now. He goes for four years, $44 million. So you're, instead of spending $11 million on a right guard, they're spending $10 million on a right tackle. And I think most people would agree that your right tackle is more important than your right guard, especially with the growing... Um, the growing talent at both end spots on defense. The issue here, though, is that you're getting a right tackle that's better at run protecting. And if you're more interested in building a running game, then suddenly your right guard and your right tackle value are a lot more closer than it is for other teams, right? That is true. However, real quick, before you get to your other point,
1: doesn't that mean that Detroit needs to bolster their running back?
0: No. No. Because you're running a back performance only matters. Your, your <laughs> offensive line only matters when it comes so to. So you're
1: running. fine with Carry On Johnson and Bo Scarborough?
0: I mean, I would like them to see, a, to see them add a veteran cheap option, like pretty much like they've been doing, only this time don't screw it up with a guy like CJ Anderson or like Eric Blunt.
1: Yeah, because this front office has done a good job of picking <laughs> those guys out.
0: <laughs> but I, I mean, I don't want to see them I get it. go I out and with pay, pay someone huge
1: you don't want to go out and if you woke up tomorrow and you saw that the lions had signed Melvin Gordon to some kind of three or four year deal, you'd be super
0: upset. I would not be happy. I don't think that's a smart use of their free agency money. Um, when there's still a lot of, I mean, the lion, I joked as soon as free agency opened that the lions need to go out and, and run to the defensive tackle free agency market. And they haven't done anything yet. Not, not that they won't, they probably, they almost certainly will. Um, but, yeah, they need to spend big money on defense. Backup money on, on running back.
1: Two things. One, on this podcast right now, I'm going to guarantee that the Lions signed DJ Reader. There's no way that they don't end up with him.
0: Ch- I, Chad is, is spamming a link uh, that, that is linking the Lions to potentially be interested in. It, it's from a guy named Neil Driscoll, who I'm not all that familiar with. So I'm not.
1: I don't I'm care. not comfortable giving even him a ton it. of
0: credence. Um, but yes, I mean, it's going to happen, right? It's gotta,
1: I didn't, I didn't see it, but there's no <laughs> I mean, way I it does called,
0: happen. I already called Jamie Collins. Why not go for, go two for two here.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, with, with, with Hargrave getting signed by mm. the Eagles, which I mean, him and Fletcher Cox, Holy smokes, but yeah. Right. Uh, the Ravens, you know, even them going out and, uh, signing, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. I'm really bad. Uh,
0: Michael Brockers.
1: Michael Brockers from the Rams rather than yeah. Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce is another option. If DJ, Re- if DJ reader isn't something for the lions, maybe Michael Pierce is
0: well, hold on, that. We're, we're going to get into all this in the next segment. Do you want to take a break and get into that? I want the Lions to sign a running back. I want the Lions to sign a running back. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to cut to a commercial. (laughs) I wish I would have cut his mic before that. But when we come back, we're going to talk about where Lions go from here, the guys that got signed by other teams, and what that means for Detroit going forward. And we're going to wrap it all up nicely because we got day two coming right around the corner. So stick with us. We'll be right back. And we're back with day one free agency recap. A lot happened outside of the Lions. Lions got off to a slow start. Everybody else was going crazy. There were some trades, a lot of ridiculous trades, but I want to talk about the stuff that's kind of most relevant to the lions. And let's start, let's start at defensive tackle. Cause like I mentioned, I thought the Lions would go out and be very active at defensive tackle right away. They weren't, that doesn't mean they won't be, but we saw the market get set. Um, we mentioned a little bit at the top, Javon Hargrave signs a three-year $39 million deal with the Eagles, becomes the highest paid nose tackle of all time at $13 million a year. That begs the question, how much does everyone else get? How, is, is a guy like DJ Reader going to get that much money? What about Linval Joseph, Dontari Poe, Michael Pierce, as we mentioned? There's some other cheaper options um, for the lines like Danny Shelton. Um, has the the Patriots, uh, you know, history and, and Marcel Darius has the Alabama history, so we know he's kind of a fit. Um, Ryan, which are which one of these guys are do you think the Lions are, are targeting? Do you think D.G. Reader is still in this team's possibilities? Mm-hmm. You think still think they have one more big splash signing in them?
1: I think they have one more splash signing in them because of the way that today played out if they would have went out and got somebody like Jack Conklin, which would have been a little bit more expensive in the immediate than Vitai, Then yeah, I, I, I think there would have been a possibility that the lions wouldn't have, you know, assigned a defensive tackle to a rich contract, but DJ reader, I think he's totally on the table. I think the lions have an opportunity to get him. And I think if, if, If they're willing to spend, they should spend out the nose for him. And I'll say this for one reason. They need a guy to man that position. Hargrave isn't going to be that guy. He already signed somewhere else. They already have so many other needs. Cornerback is clearly something we haven't talked about yet. Byron Jones already signed. He's going down to Miami to live it up in South Beach to the tune of like $16.5 million a year. Good for him. But I mean, Detroit's been loosely linked to Jalen Mills, who is nothing more than a CB2.
0: Yeah.
1: All of these things, regardless, you do not have a CB1. Darius Slayer is your CB1, and if he's not signed,
0: who's that? Darius Slay. You just said they didn't have a season (laughs) one, but they have Darius Slay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The same guy who's tweeting out eyes emojis after (laughs) Byron Jones signs his deal or James Bradbury signs his deal. I, here's the thing. The lions need to have a contingency plan and it can't just be Jeffrey Okuda. It really can't. I don't think I don't, I would you feel comfortable going into next year with Jeffrey Okuda and Jalen Mills being your top two cornerbacks?
0: I, of course not. Um, and it's it's a it's a reality they might face, though. I th- I'm not quite as confident as, as everyone else. I know Dave Burkett is very confident, and I'm not trying to take away from him. He's usually very accurate that Slay's on his way out. But I'm not so certain. I think I think the CBA really cutting down on holding out might change the dynamic of, of what happens there. So if the Lions go in with Jalen Mills and Darius Slay, are you feeling a little bit better? Or what if they go with Jalen Mills, Darius Slay, and Jeff Okuda? Suddenly, that that sounds kind of okay, right? Mm. You throw in Amari Cooper, mm. and, and the lines aren't aren't in a horrible position, and and they also kind of cover themselves for the future a little bit there. Um, I d- I do find the cornerback market very interesting right now. There's still a lot of guys out there. I know Jalen Mills is the one guy the lines have been tied to, but I still want to talk about Ronald Darby because I think that makes a lot of sense. There's still Logan Ryan, Chris Harris, Xavier Rhodes, Akeem Talib, a lot of guys still out there. I mean. Really, only two guys have signed two two, you know, significant deals. And and you mentioned Byron Jones got sixteen and a half million. James Bradbury got fifteen million. So, if the Lions were were barking up the extension tree for for Darius Slate, it's probably going to cost him at least sixteen and a half, probably seventeen million a year. I don't think that happens. I think if if that were to happen, it probably already would have happened. But I I do think there's an opening now to them potentially just sitting it out the final year. And I think it makes a lot of sense for the line side. Obviously Slay's not going to be happy about it, but he has a chance to get paid next year.
1: But Slay might not
0: play. I don't think that's going to happen though.
1: You don't think that's, I think that's a viable thing. I think that might happen. I really do think that Darius Slay might not play at all whatsoever.
0: Hmm. I don't know. It seems like a big risk this late in his career. He's 30. I don't know.
1: It does. It does. But he here's the thing: either he can play for Detroit and put out another year of subpar tape because he has had back to back like less than slay it's, seasons. Oh,
0: it's a risk, no doubt, and it's, it's not a, one he he wants to take.
1: I just think it's a better risk for him to say, "Hmm, I took a year off. That's one extra year I have a football in me," rather than putting out another year of some optimal tape on a average Detroit lions defense at best.
0: Fair. Um, Let's move. I want to move right back to to defensive tackle real quick, because like, I mean, we we said DJ reader is still very much a possibility and it it does make a lot of sense there in, in my free agency preview, which we recorded just yesterday. um, I had them getting DJ reader and Danny Shelton and while I think that's maybe a little bit more expensive than I would I would have thought yesterday, just based on some of the numbers we're already getting. Um, I do really like the idea of it and I want to stick to it. And I hope the lines stick to it because I think Danny Shelton's kind of that pass rushing guy, DJ readers, the run stuffer that they need. And suddenly their defense is starting to fill out. Like if they, if they're able to do that, then they go Jeff Okuda in the draft and, and suddenly there's a lot more pieces, a lot more new pieces to the defense and potentially a lot better pieces. And I, I don't know. I, I will we'll see how it all plays out on, on Tuesday. If, if we get answers on Tuesday, but I think my overall overall point is while I'm disappointed the Lions haven't made a move yet, there's still a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of cornerbacks available. There's a lot of defensive tackles available. And, I don't know what else they, they really have a pressing need for on, on defense. A lot of people want an edge. I don't think the lines were ever in the market for the edge for an edge guy. And we always see edge guys get franchised. So there was never a big market there anyways. Um, well, the, the, I mean, yeah. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say that's just kind of the overarching theme of this offseason has been a lot of guys who you didn't think were going to be franchised ended up getting franchised. Joe Thunny you thought maybe it was going to be a, a target for the lions at offensive guard. Um, you know, it, it, it just became an interesting set of things.
0: All right. Since Chad is going crazy and I know this isn't going to be as appealing to someone listening on Tuesday morning, Stefan Diggs has been traded from the Minnesota Vikings to the Buffalo bills. And everyone <laughs> oh, wants us to talk about it.
1: Oh, and
0: yeah. Yes. I, I know, Chad, I'm sorry. We were talking about things, but according to, let me see who the source was on the, uh, compensation. Yes! It, it is a lot of compensation. Okay. So it was from Schefter. The, the Vikings are getting a first round pick, a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick and a 2021 fourth round pick, but they're also getting a seventh round pick in return. Stefan Diggs, done. Get the hell out the NFC North. We don't want to see you no more. <laughs>
1: Oh wow! Hold on, that's a huge deal for the NFC North. Huge. Yes. That's that's a big thing, especially after Minnesota just extended Kirk. Mister, I'm gonna manage your game, Cousins.
0: <laughs> yeah. On Monday, it's it's a huge deal. It's uh it's a it's a godsend for the Lions. Now, okay, now they don't need a cornerback. We're fine. Oh, Lions yeah, are fine. They don't have to we're cover Stefan Diggs anymore.
1: No, but they have to figure out a way to cover Jimmy Graham in Chicago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jamie Collins got that covered. We're good. We're good.
1: Cool. All right, we're great because the Packers don't have anybody.
0: Yeah. Let's awesome. Just, let's somehow great. trade Devonte Adams out of the out of the division, or just forget that he exists. Either one will be fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a really big that's a big deal though.
0: Yeah, it's it. Yeah. It's the Vikings get a big haul and they need it. They didn't have a ton of draft capital. They they have no free agency capital. Um, so they'll they'll have an opportunity to kind of stay try to stay afloat, but you know, that defense is already starting to come apart. So I feel like this is kind of it's it feels weird to say this about a a, a team that just signed Kirk Cousins to a mega deal again, but it kind of feels like the Vikings window is has closed. Like last year was it. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm not, but um, Vikings taking a big hit this offseason, and um, you can only do so much in the draft to to improve in your first year.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they, they had Adam Thielen, who was hurt last year, so I think that might have been their window with him and Stefan Diggs, and now yeah. Stephon Diggs is in Buffalo. That is a huge, a huge get for Buffalo. And while Minnesota gets... Draft compensation is that going to be enough?
0: Not this year. It's not. I feel no. like this is this is a little bit of a rebuild move. Move like they'll they'll hang with teams because their defense is still very good. They still have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. But like I said, they lost a lot too, and mm-hmm. so this is them kind of putting one foot towards the future. And and maybe the Lions don't finish in the basement anymore. Smile. <laughs> Correct. <Congrats. laughs> before before we close this out because like I said we want to kind of make this a short one we might have another podcast for you tomorrow um, depending on what the lines do on Tuesday um, give me one name and it can be one we've already mentioned but one name you want to hear Adam Schefter link the lines to tomorrow on Tuesday just say it DJ Reader yes, yes! I got him
1: it's so dumb but like it <laughs> has to be that. And the only reason it has to be that is because there's so many holes along their defensive line. There was no replacement today for Ashton Robinson. There is no replacement today for Snacks Harrison. There is no replacement today for Mike Daniels. All of those guys need to be replaced. So if anybody needs to emerge as an immediate candidate to sign with the Detroit lions, it has to be DJ
0: reader. You heard it here first. Ryan thinks I'm a genius. And with Uh, that, we are going to close day one of free agency. But buckle up, because day two, there are a lot of guys left, and I think a lot of fun stuff is still to happen. Hell, Stefan Diggs is getting traded at 1030 at night, so you, you don't know what else is in store. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so stick with us. Stick with Pride of Detroit. We'll have all sorts of fun stuff there at PrideofDetroit.com. For now, my name is Jeremy Reisman. We will see you tomorrow, maybe.